I'm your host, Mr. James, and you are listening to Right in the Schoolies. My next guest is a 10-year radio veteran turned podcast producer who helps people launch, grow, and use their podcast as a high-value marketing tool. After leaving her broadcasting career, she launched the free group Women Who Podcast or Want To, which now has over 2,000 women in various stages of their podcasting journey. Her ultimate goal is to empower people to use their voices, spread their messages, and increase their revenue through audio. I will also say that I am a very, very scraping-the-barrel graduate of this course, um, and I managed to get in wearing a wig. It's Sasha Huff, everybody. Hello, Hi. Sasha. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you very much for being on. I appreciate that it's uh, quite a bit earlier in the morning over there than it will be for me over here. But the <laughs> no problem. Prob- but the weather's probably a lot nicer, I would imagine. It's pretty sunny. I'm not going to lie. We're very lucky here in Southern California. I can't complain. Yeah. I, I've forgotten what the sun looks like over here, actually. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> so Sasha, set the scene for us. We're here to talk about your school days and we can talk about any aspects of them that you like. Where and when did you go to school? So I actually went to school in Boca Raton, Florida. So when I was 10 years old, my family moved from Marblehead, Massachusetts, this like small, quaint New England town down to South Florida, which is very, very different than New England. And uh, the school, so I went to Boca Middle and then subsequently after that went to Boca Raton High School. Um, I graduated that in 2002. Um yeah. And uh, it was a it was a pretty crazy time <laughs> at both of those places, for sure. So one thing that I have to get better at when we interview people from the USA is asking them things like, who was your school mascot? Which is a question that over here wouldn't make any sense. So would you please divulge a bit about your school mascot or your school song or any of those sort of things? Yeah. So this is actually going to be like a really funny interview because I definitely was a bad student. I I skipped a lot of school. I was uh, not always the most engaged student, but our mascot was uh, the Bobcat. That was the, the Boca Raton High School Bobcats. And I don't think we had a mascot in middle school. So that's like sixth grade to eighth grade. Okay. But then ninth through 12th, uh, we had the Bobcat. And if there was a song, I do not remember it. <laughs> that is one thing that has left my mind. Yeah. So the Bobcats, we don't really have Bobcats over here. I guess um, I, I guess that's one of the reasons why the idea of having a school mascot in the UK is just we we, we just look perplexed because our, our natural animals aren't particularly impressive. I guess in the USA, you've got um, eagles, you've got bears, you've got wolves, Um <laughs> You know, you got hillbillies. Whereas, you know, yeah. I guess I guess for us, what what are we gonna have? You know, we're gonna have the, the badgers or the um or, or the otters. It's not particularly right. yeah. Um I'm trying to trying to think of that. And in terms of your school and how it sort of looked from the outside, I mean, Florida is a very different place, like you say, from New England. What do you remember the most about how it looked from the outside and maybe certain classrooms, any halls? Um and and of course. Did you have to wear a uniform? I know that that's not often the case in the USA, but some schools do, some schools don't. So, yeah. So Florida schools were really interesting and especially uh, Boca High. So I actually went to Boca High at the tail end 
prior to them doing a huge renovation. Like my senior year, they renovated the entire building. So they were like knocking walls down. It was construction site. But prior to it, there was a lot of outdoor hallways. Like none of the hallways at the school were indoors. So it had like a an overhang and big like patio areas. Um, and then in like you would walk just directly into a classroom from the outside. And one of the things that was kind of a a known thing about Boca High was that when it would rain really hard, the courtyard would flood because the draining system wasn't really good in the area and ducks would would come in and there would be just like these little makeshift ponds. And the problem, though, is the ducks knew that about the area. And so even when it wasn't raining, they would be there a lot. And so there would be a lot of duck like droppings for a for, so I don't say a bad word, but like, yeah, just droppings everywhere. Oh, it's fine. We can, we, we can, we can say duck poo or duck shit on this. Yeah. It was side, duck so shit no everywhere. No yeah. That's what I remember <laughs> about Boca High. It was just like duck shit everywhere, <laughs> outdoor courtyards. Um, and they had in Florida, and this was something that was really different than um, going to like primary school in New England was they had a lot of um, portables. So they, they were like, almost like little mobile classrooms. And Mm. it was because there was an overflow of students, they didn't have enough room in normal classrooms. So a lot of times you'd be in these portables that had like shitty air conditioning systems and it's hot and muggy in Florida. Mm. And so I just remember, this is probably why I skipped a lot of school (laughs) because it was just like kind of gross there most of the time. Um, but yeah, the, the out, the outdoor space, I think is really what kind of set it apart, especially in Florida. Cause of course, for people who've never been to Florida, I've, I'm, I'm yet to go myself, but I always hear you get uh, quite a lot of rain, uh, in terms of like, you know, there are, there are times when it just comes down rainstorms and other times where it's just so humid and so hot. I can imagine being in a porter, uh, we, we call them sort of porter cabins over here, but like, like you say, the, the mobile classroom, that must be very sweaty, I would imagine. Sweaty, moldy, and yeah, mm. those big rainstorms because it's the tropics, right? Mm. So it's got the tro- it's got tropical weather, and yeah, I think the other part too that I like forgot until you just said those downpours was because of the flooding. Like you'd be walking through water mm. <laughs> to like get to your classroom. It's so gross thinking back, but yeah, and and some of the like to get from like the hallway that was covered sometimes to one of the classrooms, you'd have to run out from covering. So you'd get soaking wet while you're trying to get to your class. It was very strange. And they changed that about it when they did the construction. It's now a completely indoor like building. And they they clearly realized that that in theory was nice because you'd get sunshine when walking from your classroom and like get a little outdoor time. But in reality, it was it was really not well planned at all. They managed to flush out all those ducks, those interloper ducks. Excellent. <laughs> now, if you did have to wear a uniform or sit in a row or listen to somebody in assembly, there's quite often a small part of most people's brains, especially teenagers, where they like to break the rules a tiny bit. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't have um we didn't have uniforms at the time that I went there. So you, you know, they had a basic dress code that, you know, you couldn't have your stomach showing and, you know, your shorts had to be down to your, um, 
your fingertips. If you were holding your arms down, no spaghetti straps, they called them like the really thin straps of a tank top. Mm. In, in retrospect, it was mostly what the girls could wear. Unfortunately, right. it's very American patriarchal kind of system that, you know, there weren't many rules to what boys could wear, but you couldn't wear like, like a shirt that had a curse word on it or had to do with like drugs or alcohol, things mm. like that. Um, and then we had, they called them pep rallies in our school. That's so the word. Like, that's what I was looking for. Pep rallies. I feel completely, yeah. I'm going to make a note of that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what our, I mean, they also had assemblies if it was like, yeah. you know, they, some, a serious matter, right. That mm. it was like, everybody has to come together because we're talking through, I don't know, maybe uh safety measures or something like that. But as far as like a, a big group sort of fun day, they had pep rallies mm. and those were always fun because <laughs> Again, South Florida was a really strange place to grow up. And there was a lot of things about it that I almost joke, like I survived South Florida and somehow like made it out alive because Florida is such a weird place. But the pep rallies were always fun because they would have like the local radio station DJ come and like DJ it. And we'd all be on the radio. And that was like a really cool thing. Um, They'd have you know, like dancers come and do a big routine. They had games that you would play and it was always just kind of, yeah, it was a rally, you know, it was just, it was meant to be a a fun, a fun afternoon or whatever. But that was also for me and my friends, the times that we would like skip school even more. So I would go home to my mom and I would just be like, I don't need to be there. It's a freaking pep rally. You know, like I don't need to watch people bob for apples. Like I'm bored. Let me go home. But then it became this excuse that I would, that I would use all the time that there was pep rallies like once a week. (laughs) My mom was like, this seems like a lot of pep rallies. Like it should be once a quarter maybe, but once a week, really? So yeah, so there was just always very weird things. The mascot, the bobcat would come out and do somersaults and cartwheels and things like that. But okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so being, <laughs> I, I don't know why, I was assuming that being the mascot was the kind of thing that you got, you got given as a punishment almost, you know, so the other kids <laughs> could kick the out of you or something. I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I know it would happen over here. <laughs> It's funny that you say that though, because I don't think it was. I think we all thought it was really cool because the person could like do gymnastics and tumble and like, but I wonder, like the more that you say that, I don't know that I necessarily knew who was in the suit. I was about to say, who was this, who was this masked acrobat? Yeah, I don't know that I knew who it was. And I wonder now that I think about it, there there was like a, a leadership class, they called it. And it had like, you know, the president of the student council, the treasurer, the secretary, all those kind of things. And I think they just made one of those people do it. <laughs> Probably whoever could do the most fun tricks, like was the person, but I was never in leadership. So I don't know who did it. But yeah, I think they, I think they made a student do it, but nobody beat them up. We always thought they were cool. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. The Bobcat may maybe need to hire somebody who's actually pretty tough, who isn't going to take any nonsense as well. That might that might make a, a better idea. Totally. Usually when you start secondary school, as we call it here, or high school in the States, you tend to have more of a timetable where you might be doing uh, English in one lesson, maths in another, um, gym class or PE, as we would call it, things like that. 
out of your subjects, which ones did you really look forward to and which ones did you look at your timetable and go, ooh, no thanks? Oh, it's a hard one. So for at my school, we did what was called block scheduling and they kind of did it like semesters. So we had two semesters a year with four classes that were block scheduled for each semester. And so our classes were actually like an hour and a half long, which really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Look on your face. It was so when you had a bad class, it was like torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to think and and it's so funny because the at the time a lot of the teachers were just like they weren't great. They weren't very engaged. I don't know. The Florida public education system at that time was pretty terrible. So, but I was always actually really into English. So that really was like, I love to write. I still do. It's like, no, you know, I like to speak. So it's, it's kind of, it makes sense that that was always my favorite class, but I, yeah, I definitely, I really enjoyed actually like breaking down poetry and trying to understand the symbolism and the writing and things like that. So English was probably the only class that I ever really paid attention to and art, art class too, I really enjoyed, which again is not very surprising. I was going to say, um, I'm afraid I, I did you down in your intro by not mentioning the fact that you also have, I believe, sold painting fairly recently. <laughs> I did, yeah. Are we allowed to mention that or not? Yeah, sure. It's one of these things that I, because it's so new, I I forget sometimes to talk about the fact that I'm a visual artist, but I just, it's, it's, it's been a hobby, but yeah, I, I tallied it up the other day and I was God. like, I've sold a couple thousand dollars worth of art. That's like something to be proud of. Uh, just, just, <laughs> it's, it's the casual nature with some people when they're so talented. Oh, that darling. Oh, nothing. Just, <laughs> just, just a casual watercolor. Only a couple <laughs> Yeah, did, did, did that while I was, uh, yeah, did that while I was uh, putting the kids to bed. Actually, easy. Yeah, no problem. Done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, I do. I do paint, and so it's no surprise that art was was really one of the top classes. Any as pottery, art, any of those mm. creative, and and I consider English a part of that, right? Because mm. writing is such an art form, and there's so much to like learn about it, and there's so much creativity behind writing that I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. Now, you love the subject of English, but um, you mentioned that the teachers weren't all that hot in terms of their maybe classroom management. Although, to be honest, I think after an hour and a half of, of, of any class, no matter how nice they are, I think I'd be, I'd be rocking in a corner. Um, do you remember yeah. anything about your teachers that was either, I've just got here, teachers of note, teachers that you either remember for being really decent or particularly crap? Yeah, so I I have this one memory that I... I hold I hold on to it fondly because I really think this teacher, for better or for worse, she kind of understood what she was dealing with with a student like me. And rather than trying to fight me and like send me to the principal's office and detention for being distracting, she realized that if she could distract me with something else, then the rest of her class could like get their work done. So she was the for for one class I was in, they call it AP. I don't know if they have that in the UK. It's AP. advanced placement. Yeah. So you can get college credit in high school for taking AP classes. Hmm. We, no, not, not as such. We don't have, uh, certainly when you're sort of, I'm assuming you're about 17, 18 at this point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We might have it where you can do some early entry stuff to do with courses, which might again work out. But again, I guess with the American system, you've got the SAT that you've got to pass at the end. 
and then you might start picking up college credits. And this this would be another thing for our UK people um, that U- USA universities are very different to ours in that you tend to take is it three subjects in your in your freshman year so that you are most people I've spoken to they 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 sort of do their whatever two or three and then they major in one. For their second and third year is that broadly yeah right? they call them pre like your prerequisites basically prereqs, yeah. so you have to yeah so you for some of the prereqs it's very specific to whatever mm. your major is but yeah so your first year you're kind of um yeah figuring out what you're doing getting like your baseline credits under your belt and then mm. i think it's actually the last two years you're in your major mm. but again oh i'm such a bad student that like <laughs> i don't even i went to college for five years and i don't even remember like when i started my major but yeah so this was these were classes that they were called ap and you could get a credit for like a state school um and so you know, I don't know how I ended up in AP environmental science, but I did. (laughs) And my poor teacher was just like, I would just harass her all the time. And this is such a weird story. But so we had a pool in our backyard in Florida, very common for people to have these. And one day there was like a little baby turtle in the pool swimming around. So I, I got it. And I thought, it would be great to bring this as a present to my environmental science teacher <laughs> to like kind of warm her up a little bit. I was like, oh, she likes turtles. So she ended up letting me keep the turtle in a little like fish tank at the back of the classroom. And she let me sit at the table with the turtle. And so like all class, I would just kind of like be tapping <laughs> the cage <laughs> or the, the, yeah, the aquarium. But I remember her... Like she really, she enjoyed my sense of humor, but I think she understood that it was inappropriate to like egg me on, you Mm. know? So I think she really liked me as a person. She just hated me as a student. But I remember she, like, she didn't let people touch her pens at her desk. It was like, get, bring Mm. your own pen. It was like these weird, like idiosyncrasies, but she'd let me do it. Like we were buddies in this weird Mm. way. So I don't know. She stands out in my mind as just someone who, she understood, like, if you can't beat them, join them. What was her name? Yeah, nope, no recollection. I could picture her, though. Like, if she were to walk up to me today, she had blonde, short blonde hair. She was short, kind of round. Like, I could, if she was at a bar, I'd be like, oh, my God, you were my AP environmental science teacher. I can remember faces really well, but names gotcha. I just don't stick with me at all. Fair enough. And um, in terms of other teachers of note, were there uh, were there any any ones that you thought were kind of just just awful at their jobs, but hilariously so? Mm, yeah, my psychology teacher was one of them. He actually he ended up, I think, getting fired for like having an affair with one of the seniors at the school. Uh, yeah, not a good. But it was like one of those like, but she's 18. And it's like, yeah, but you're 50. And she's your student. <laughs> and even though legally, it's fine. Like in every other aspect, it's very, very bad. That's psychology um, of all things as well. Yeah, it's it's so gross. It really yeah. does creep me out. But Prior to that, he was really like the funny teacher that everybody Mm. loved because he, you know, if you needed to leave early, he didn't give you such a hard time about it. He would, um, (laughs) if someone fell asleep at their desk, he would come by with a golf club and like hit underneath the desk to wake them up and everybody would laugh. So like he, I mean, 
in this weird way, it makes sense that he ended up having an affair with someone because he had the attitude of a high schooler. And I Mm. think that as a high schooler, I loved that about him because it was, it seemed like he was, he made learning fun, but I also really liked psychology. That was actually Mm. another class I would say it was, was one of my favorites. So I think naturally he had my attention because I liked the subject. And actually now that we're talking about it, going back to a class that I hated was history because it was a young teacher in retrospect, maybe in his twenties, I would think maybe a little older, probably recently graduated college, but he would lecture for the entire hour and a half. Like we were college students Mm -hmm. and it was just for a person who's, I'm more of a hand, a hands-on learner. If you Mm -hmm. show me how to do something, I can pick it up in two seconds and remember it for the rest of my life. If you're just talking at me about something, I'm in a hundred different places in my mind. So it was really not conducive to my learning style at all. And he was just relentless. Like there wasn't even worksheets. It was just like sit and listen to him speak for an hour and a half at 17 years old. So mm. I didn't like him. And, and given the uh, relative brevity of American history in relation to the rest of the world, uh, that's quite going <laughs> if he was able to lecture every single time for an hour and a half. Right. Right. Sure. I mean, I slept through a lot of it. So who knows what he was talking about half the time. But yes, you're right. How could you even do that for an entire semester? But yeah, I felt like he was just really disconnected from like the fact that he was teaching high school students. If you Mm. wanted to be a lecturer, go work in a college where that's like how people are taught, you know? It is something that it's very easy to fall into, I think. Certainly, I know when I first started out, there were times when I would get really frustrated because I'd go, what, well, what do you mean? I've got this really interesting lesson all about this really interesting poem and this really interesting author or all this stuff. And there's just a tiny bit of me at the back of there going, would you enjoy this lesson? And if you're thinking, no, probably not, then you think then it's, and it's no good. You might enjoy it now, but then it's self-indulgent and it's, it's hard because I guess, yes, nowadays, maybe teachers, we, we have to be a, you know, we're, we're probably a bit more um, scrutinised, probably looked mm-hmm. at a bit more. People drop into our lessons, see what's going on. It's one of the things I found really fascinating about all these interviews is it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter where people were schooled. There is a bit of a sort of gap in certain people, certain ages who go, oh, yeah, I remember that teacher. They never seemed to do anything. They just they just droned on at us. And they got away with that. Or oh, this teacher didn't even teach us. He sat there reading a book and said, get on with your work. You know, there was it does it it does really boggle the mind whereas now it's become it's changed from being a vocation to being a profession which has its own problems mm. but it does mean that you sort of can't get away with just doing that i don't think so yeah i had a teacher so this was a there was a so one i think was like world history the other one was american history maybe hmm. or maybe it was two different years i don't remember but it was another history teacher and he was so checked out that And this was my, either my junior or senior year. So this is like, you know, I'm older, we should be learning a little bit more and a bit Mm. more active in, in our education. And he would give us crossword puzzles and word searches, but they would be like brownies and cupcakes and like food items, like literal, literal teaching for elementary, not even elementary. I mean, like, and he, that's what he gave us every day was just 
crossword puzzles that had nothing to do with history, or he'd put on, you know, like Ace Ventura or like some other stupid movie and have us watching that. So that was another one that I skipped a lot because I was just like, I, I'm going to go to the diner and like eat breakfast. I can't sit through this, but yeah, we had those teachers for sure. The next thing is more about extracurricular stuff. Did you do anything extracurricular or were you too busy at the diner? Yeah. So, so in middle school, I was on the soccer team and I loved playing soccer. Yeah. So that was really my, my sport. And I was really good at it too. Actually, I probably had, I not dropped out of extracurricular activities in high school, I probably could have gone on to, to, to play in college and beyond, but in high school, so for me and the way that I was brought up, it was as soon as you turn 15, you get a job. Hmm. So it was time to work. If you want to have a car, you need to work for the car. If you want, you know, clothes and all those things, you know, fun extras, that's what you had to do. So by the time I hit high school, I was already working. Um, I had two jobs actually in my freshman year of high school. And so it didn't really leave a lot of time for me to have those kind of extracurricular things Mm -hmm. because I would be out of school by two to 30 and then have to be at work by five. And then I was working sometimes till 10 or 11 at night on a school night. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so made for a great work ethic. I've had a really strong career because I'm someone who's willing to work really hard, but I think that it took away from my ability to be a part of, and I remember actually like feeling that way in high school when my friends were a part of like a drama club or they were in sports at school or they Mm. were in the leadership things. And, you know, they were doing just normal high school kid things. And I was working at a Mexican restaurant where people were like, you know, drinking tequila and partying. And I'm like 15 years old watching all of this happen. So there wasn't much that I did after, after middle school and soccer, once that was over, that was really the end of it for me. And do you feel that that was something that you felt you mentioned the car thing? So that's something that's very, um, it's a little bit different to how it tends to go over here. Over here, you have to be 17 to, to, to pass your test. So some people do the whole, they wait right up until, and then they take the test on the 17th birthday and then they do that. But that isn't actually as common. Uh, whereas in the States, I believe, is it 16? Mm-hmm. Yes. And from what I hear, uh, certainly from uh, another Floridian who I know, he said, if you didn't have a car at age 16, you're a loser. Like, you know, there was a real, the culturally, it's just like, if you could afford to have one, then you would make sure that you were ready to do that. And so again, part-time jobs, working at the weekends, working on school nights, Whereas nowadays, of course, I don't know if it's the same, but certainly kids over here who are sort of 15, 16, 17, you ask them, do they have a part-time job? They look at you like you're nuts because they, they go, why would I do that? You know, yeah. I, I, I need my parents, I need to focus on my studies. Yeah. And totally different. I, yeah, I remember at the school, like you, when your friend was turning 16 or maybe someone that's an acquaintance in the school or whatever, everybody was waiting to see like, what would they drive up in? Hmm. Because you knew that they were likely getting a car. It obviously depended on the family. So Hmm. there were some people at my school that were driving up at 16 in a Mercedes straight up Hmm. crazy. My mom like laughed in my face. She was like, (laughs) if you ever want a Mercedes, you better have a really good career. (laughs) it's going to take you probably till your forties to be able to afford that. Um, 
And then other people, it actually is kind of sad looking back because there were people who like rolled up in the used car that their family passed down. And mm. and pe- some people did make fun of that. I wasn't that person. I'm proud to like say that I was never a bully. I never looked down on people. In fact, a lot of my friends had used cars and we rocked out, smoked our cigarettes in it, and we had a great time. Like as far as I was concerned, if you had any car, it was awesome because it mm. just meant freedom from our parents, you know, so I didn't care what it looked like. <laughs> and that's, and that's but, something that, yeah. again, culturally is so different because I guess over here, we we still have a bit of a, a sense that the public transportation, while it's not great, you could at least get around. Most people who live in larger cities, you can get places on the bus or on the train. And yet, having been to the States many times, I know that you need a car if you want to go anywhere, really. Yeah. And uh, definitely in the suburbs, you know, Mm. it's like the bus systems in the suburbs weren't great. They maybe came like once an hour, if that, you Mm. know, so it definitely was different. And yeah, you know, there was in Florida too, it's, it's pretty spread out. It's gotten Mm. my town in particular over the past, I mean, I've been in LA for 12 years. So over the past 12 years has become a lot more populated, they invested in the local university there. So, and it became a really awesome school. So now a lot more people are coming in. But when I lived there, it was kind of like a, not a super sleepy beach town, but pretty sleepy and everything was kind of far away. So like, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to go to the beach and your friend lived in like um, West, it's West Boca closer to like the Everglades, you know, it's, it's a, 15 minute drive, but you still, you weren't going to be able to jump in. You can't hail a cab, right? Like you wouldn't be able to do that. You'd have to call a cab and get lucky. Now it's different too, because of Uber and things like that. So I bet it's, it, it would be interesting to see if that kind of, if this generation of high school students care that much about having a car, or if they're kind of in that same vein of like, well, I can just Uber. Why do I need a car? And why do I have to get a job? to get that well know? yeah and that, and that is that is the that is the interesting question isn't it I mean I'm 33 only just and I'm sort of always I always find myself talking to people who are sort of 15 16 years old and I go I don't think that there's that massive a difference because I still feel quite young at heart and yet you hear what they say about things like the job market and you hear what they say about money and you go hmm yeah, actually, I uh, I think you're onto something there, and you're right as well about not being able to get a cab anywhere in the states. Blimey, um, we we were in uh, we were on the west coast. We did the Pacific Northwest, and then drove down uh, like through we went to Seattle, through uh, Portland, Oregon, which was so cool, and then went yeah. down to San Francisco from there. Now, of course, once you're in the cities, you can probably get a cab and get an Uber, but yeah, everywhere else, no, not a chance. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get over the drink driving. It was um, it was crazy to me. I guess over here we don't do it. Well, I say we don't do it. It's so so socially frowned upon because mm-hmm. there are taxis, and we're all a bit closer together. It's a bit easier to get around. But <laughs> these lads in a bar in Portland, Oregon, were all knocking back whiskey and uh, and beer, having a great time with them, having a really good chat and everything. And I went right. You know, so which one of you boys is driving as a joke? Because they were they were absolutely lit. And this guy just said, I go, that'll be me. And start swinging his keys around. And they all walk out. And I went, <laughs> yeah, wait for those guys. Yeah, to leave. Steve and I, Steve and I, I'm sure have many, many of those stories, especially mm. where we went to to college together, because 
at the universe. So we both went to university of central Florida. This is a common friend that we Mm. have for anybody listening. And the football stadium was in downtown Orlando, but the campus was like 25 minutes away from it. So we would all drive to the football stadium, tailgate all day, drink Mm -hmm. our asses off, smoke, God knows what else. And then it was, it was always like, Oh my, sorry, mom. It all worked out. I'm fine. I didn't go to jail. I luckily didn't get into a car accident. Thank God. These are not things that I am proud of. And I consider myself incredibly lucky getting out of these things without any harm. But it was always like, who's the, not who's the most sober, but who's the best drunk driver. Mm. And that's fucked up. Well, Steve no. did say that before. He, he did say to me, what, well, he said to me, what's one of our early conversations? Was he, you'll love this. And I'm going to do his voice. I do apologize to all people from Florida. <laughs> but he said, sorry, man, what's, what's wrong with having a couple of road beers? And I went, road beers? Beers that you drink in the car? And he went, yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a long journey. I was like, no, no that's not okay. Yeah, dude. <sighs> and this I was is always what... a little sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 I was gonna say, and, and this is why he's currently hiding out somewhere in Central America, probably. <laughs> yeah, those boys were. I met all of them like my freshman year of college, and I'm still actually of all the people. Those are like the people that I've stayed in contact with. But yeah, I was always, even though I was rowdy and crazy, and I liked to party, I was always a little. I was always still afraid of authority. And like, I didn't want to get arrested. I did not that anybody wants to, but some no. people aren't as afraid of it. Right. But I was always like, my mom will fucking kill me if I end <laughs> up in jail. Like, so I, I never like, if you were in my car, you weren't allowed to have a roadie. Like I right. didn't let the open canister thing happen, but I know Steve and JP and all the boy, I mean, they probably had him hidden under their shirt and I didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> Oh, I, th- I think Steve was probably referring to when he was behind the wheel, but that's a different thing yeah. entirely. Oh, isn't it? Steve, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what, what what can I say? He's still alive. I don't know how, but still, trust. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention authority because the next question is: Were there any times within the school authority, as opposed to the law? Uh, although, it, again, we could talk about any of these things that you fell foul of the rules and was it justified or were you bang to rights? Yeah. So I, there's one story that will forever be solidified in my mind. And it's my favorite story of skipping school in high school. I had a friend named Sophia and she, and she's still my friend. She was always like my role dog. Like if, if we were skipping school, it was like Sophia and Sasha are skipping school again. Cause <laughs> we just had very similar attitudes about the whole thing. And, oh wait. Okay. So you need to know Sophia and you need to know my friend, Claire. So my, so Claire was also like my best friend. Like we looked alike. We hung out every day after school. We actually worked at the Mexican restaurant together. So she was a really active part of like my high school experience. And again, still a friend of mine to this day. So one of the, things that was allowed at our school was fourth period. If you were a senior, you could leave to go to your work. Like that was, I can't remember what they call it, maybe work study or something like that. And you were kind mm. of technically getting credits by going to your job. And so they would open the gates where everybody parked their cars for fourth period, but just for the seniors that had work study. And technically there should have been someone out there checking someone's name off, looking at IDs, you know, cross-referencing that these people were supposed to leave. And I wasn't part of work study. 
but we would do what was called, we dubbed it the wave. (laughs) And what the wave was, was that you just had to walk out with confidence Mm -hmm. and wave at the Dean, like, Hey, going to work study, even though I think we were juniors at the time. So like we had no business (laughs) leaving. So Claire and I go out to the car and at, on that day, we decided we didn't want to wait. <laughs> we didn't want to wait till fourth period to do it. So I think we were skipping maybe third and fourth period. So we're out in my car and genius high school students were like, let's smoke a cigarette and wait <laughs> for the gate to open. So we put the seats back on the car and we're smoking cigarettes. And obviously like a security guard sees it, sees smoke, smells cigarettes in retrospect. Like I could smell a cigarette from a mile away now, like, cause I don't smoke anymore. But at the time you don't think anyone's going to see it. Like we're waving the smoke down. So all of a sudden the security guard pulls up on his golf cart and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And we're like, oh shit, we've been caught. And he's like, you're coming with me. You're going to the Dean's office. And we were like, shit. All right. We're caught. So we get in his golf cart with him and it's Claire and I, and he's driving us and we're just like, fuck, we're going to get in so much trouble. Like not only are we skipping school, we're smoking cigarettes on campus. Like this is a bad situation. And as he's driving us and might now imagine these are the open air courtyards. So he's blasting through on his golf cart, the bell rings for fourth period And all the students start coming out and he has to be back at the gate to unlock the gate to let everyone out. (laughs) So he's like, ah, shit. Okay. Walk yourselves to the principal's office and and you go. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So we're just like, uh, so he, he literally is like, walk yourselves to the principal's office. We're like, oh, okay. And as we're walking, Sophia comes out. And I looked at her and I go, Sophia, give me your keys. You take mine. Don't ask questions. Meet us across the street at the pizza place. You're driving my car out. Because in my mind, I was like, well, he won't recognize us if we're in a different car. (laughs) And I was right. And I got out. It worked. We didn't get detention. The guy, because he didn't really know who we were. Like our school, I actually was talking about this with my husband the other day. I think there were like 1,500 kids maybe at our school. Yeah. So- It is a lot. So you really, unless you were constantly, you know, getting in trouble. And again, even though I skipped school a lot, I didn't, I didn't really like to cause trouble at school. You know, I wasn't fighting people or like Mm. vandalizing things or bullying or doing things that would make people take note of me. Really? I just was kind of undercover breaking a lot of rules all the time. You, You were what we call in teaching circles these days, an irritant. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Totally fair. Oh, and Brett, like I wish I could go back and apologize to all of my teachers. I was a terrible, terrible irritant. Absolutely. Like I wasn't going to kill you, but I was going to make you itch every single day. <laughs> it was just. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like ah, uh, interview over. <laughs> I I have I have a grudging respect for students that are able to do stuff and fly under the radar a little bit. And especially the ones a bit like you said you were able to do with your, um, oh God, your environmental science teacher, where they probably were secretly amused by some of your, some of your, your doings. Uh, I did used to teach this student who was just the best for that. He was very funny, naturally amusing, but horribly inappropriate. And because he was really inappropriate, I had to make sure that I wasn't 
I wasn't saying stuff, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sort of, um, cause if you give him, if you gave him too much attention, he would, he would go, Oh, all right, that's it. And it was like catnip to him. So you almost had to completely just sort of go, no, 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 that's not, no, 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 thank you, David. Thank you. <laughs> until, until one day when, um, he was very comedic looking as well. I don't mind saying he was about an, an unfortunate looking young man. And, <laughs> He was about sort of 14, 15, but he looked like he was about 45. He just he had this like strange face and very sort of um, yeah, just, just had this very very sort of physical humor to him. And I was in the middle of talking to my my form group, so my, my homeroom group for American listeners. And so I've known these kids for a long time. And I'm I'm sort of going, okay, everybody. So I'm doing my doing my register and I go, uh, David. David, where are you? I'm looking around the room. Thinking, that's weird he's never normally late he's normally always on time but annoyingly he's always here and then as i'm doing the register i go david david where, where's it and i see all the kids looking over my shoulder and whatever went david has decided to peer around the door but what, with this real sort of like you know like chitty chitty bang bang like the child catcher like that kind of very strange face just doing this like real real sinister thing with his hands and his face and i went david what are you and he just went any kiddies in here and just did this really strange <laughs> scary laugh and i'll never forget it because it was just the moment where i had to go david come on now sit down sit down you're being silly now come on sit down because you knew that and, and that was at the second of the room i was just crying with laughter. Like, what, what the what the f- was that <laughs> very disturbed child he's probably in prison now who knows <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't know how I how I made it out alive or like with a really, you know, strong normal life, but yeah, I often like a lot of times I do I I look back at those times though and I I wonder and not that it you could possibly do this with as many students. I mean, there was a time we had 35 kids in a class. There's no chance that you can individually cater to everybody's learning style in an environment like that. I think if if I had been in smaller classes and they understood the way that I comprehended information, I maybe would have had a different experience and a different attitude. But because it was just never conducive to my learning style. It was hard. Like, I I wonder if I actually talk about this with my husband a lot too. I'm like, I think I'm undiagnosed ADHD or something because the, the amount of like, of distraction and thoughts and the amount, like to get me to be just like sitting somewhere for an hour and a half is very rare. So I wonder if, you know, had the teachers been more equipped or had more support that it would have been different. You know, I do feel badly for teachers that have to try to overcome those things with each child, plus a school system, plus standardized testing, plus it's a career, like, you know, in retrospect, I I give those teachers a much bigger break, I think, than I, at the time, my perspective of what they were doing. I suppose nowadays we have a, we have a better grasp of what's going on, but it doesn't always Mm -hmm. mean that we're equipped to deal with it. And, um, and every now and again, we do get students that are really, really aware that their, their meds, might have a different effect from day to day. I, I, <laughs> right. I, I genuinely, I used to teach this class, and I just—you never knew what was going to happen when you turned up. They—they they were not nasty at all. They were actually a really sweet class. But you had two or three kids. This one girl, bless her, she'd sometimes just come in, sort of like bouncing up and down. I go, "Hello, are you okay, Mary?" And she go, "Sir, I haven't had my meds yet." I'm like, "Yeah, I can see that." <laughs> 
she's sort of yeah. she's sort of pogoing around like a like a, you know sort of one of those uh, clockwork sort of toys. And, yeah. going, and 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 I'm going. I'm going to need to talk to someone about this really quickly. I was like, uh, can can you make sure Mary has her meds, please? She was like, oh, we tried, but she wasn't having it today. I'm like, okay, okay. And 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 it is sad actually. I, what you said about you know t- t- attention deficits or things like that. These are real things, and they're nothing to be ashamed of. But unfortunately, I think maybe maybe now we're just about feeling more comfortable talking about them. But then there are still people that say, oh, you shouldn't label children. You go. You can't have it both ways. You, you you need to you need to understand what's going on so you can help. I I think the biggest difference now is I wonder how we're going to deal with autism and the autistic spectrum mm. mm-hmm. in in the next sort of ten years because we still know very little about it. And I do teach a few kids, and I, I remember I'm big anonymous on this podcast just for yeah, safeguarding yeah. reasons. <laughs> but you know I do teach a few kids who are at various stages of the autistic spectrum. Some of them are really you wouldn't really notice until until something happens until until you give an instruction which they they don't comprehend because especially in a subject like english like mine they don't imagine some of them in the same way that we might imagine because for them it's very factual at times uh, and of course for for some of these these individuals they they might you know you, you've had, we've had it before where parents don't want to acknowledge that there's anything going on and I don't like yeah. to use the phrase anything wrong because that for me feels like we're labeling in the wrong way. It's like, look, yeah, everyone's individual. Let's try and help you learn in the way that works for you. But it's hard. Yeah. That's why I, a lot of times when I think back to like the bad students that I was friends with and I was, it really, it wasn't that I had any ill intention. Like, mm. again, I didn't bully other students. I wasn't a mean person. It was just that I was so disengaged from the process. And like, if I was, if I'm disengaged in something still to this day, Hmm. it's very hard to like force me to sit down and comprehend it. Like I'd much rather spend it on something that I'm, I'm feeling engaged with. And yeah, I think it, it, I, I think oftentimes we're just dubbed bad students. We're Hmm. just the bad kid in class, sandwich attention, when in reality, Again, if the bandwidth of the teacher was there, which oftentimes it's not, if the system of the school is there with curriculum that could help different people. I mean, it's it's really a whole like systemic change that would need to happen, I think, to really have every kid come through feeling supported. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of times it is because of those little things and and yeah, parents not willing, just saying, oh, he's a bad kid. You know, mm. my kid's my my kid has too much energy. He doesn't like to listen or she doesn't like to listen when in reality it could be a behavioral thing that with the right support could be dealt with in a way that that child actually thrives with that, Mm. you know, thing. Mm. But anyway. I I would also think as well, the hardest thing for all teachers is that during those, however many hours there are in the school day, we are in loco parentis. We are there being the parents for children who Mm -hmm. we don't know really, or at least we, we try to know. But we only know them in that setting, and it's you know sure. it's it, it certainly it's certainly one of the perks of the job because you get to see them as they really are at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when they're away from all that other stuff, and every now and again it can be really draining because you go. You know, I mean, I don't personally have children. Um, you know, and and I go, geez, every now and again you find parents at parents even go, well, do you have kids? Well, if not, you'll understand one day, and you feel like going whoa <laughs> i see your kid during term time probably as much as you 
you know, right. maybe a little bit more at times. It, it's it's tricky, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess the final question really is to it's a it's a looking back. Not that we haven't been doing enough of that already, but it's more of a looking back as you are now, where you are now, having achieved all you've achieved. What do you think the 16 or 18-year-old Sasha would like to hear? If you could meet them, collar them when they're when they're, when they're skipping school and say, Oi, <laughs> I'm you, X amount of years down the line, let me tell you a few home truths. What do you think they, they'd want to hear? What do you think they needed to hear? I think they needed to hear that like going back to it, that they're not a bad kid, that there will be a time when they get to choose the way that they interact with the world and that there's more support out there than what was available at the time and that their unique gifts and their unique personality and the way that they perceive the world was going to end up really benefiting a lot of people. And I would just tell her, you're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. Would you, would you say now get back to class or would you say, I got you covered? <laughs> no, I would not say go back to class. I would say that was the right move <laughs> because you know what? You got into college, you graduated, you went on to have a great career in radio in the second largest market in the entire country. Like skipping the, skipping the class where they gave you cupcake word search puzzles was the right move. Maybe yeah. not skipping. I would say algebra two, don't skip as much as you think because that teacher is going to come for you. That teacher failed me <laughs> because oh. I skipped I skipped six classes and you were only allowed to miss five. With my, we didn't mention this, but with my other classes that I skipped, I missed like 60 days, six zero. <laughs> wow. So... And they didn't fail me, but algebra two, that lady was like, we're not, whatever this is, like, you're not getting away with it in this class. So don't skip algebra two, but all the other classes were, you know, although I do wish I had, I I am finding that in my older age, it's a, I am having to relearn a lot of things that I should have learned in grade school. So maybe pay a little bit more attention, 16 year old Sasha, but you can (laughs) skip the crossword puzzles. It's fine. (laughs) And the bonus question that I've got, you mentioned that you enjoyed poetry. Do you have a favorite poem? You don't have to have learned it at school. It can be something that you picked up on later on. Mm. Gosh, that's so hard. If someone I asked mean, me this, I, I'd say I've got about 10. But yeah, you know, I, 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 like I, you know, it's funny. I actually, and this isn't so much poetry, but I really, I really, and this is going to be like really cliche, but I just remember really enjoying Shakespeare. Mm. And like really just enjoying the way that the symbolism was like woven throughout. What's your favorite play? I really like Midsummer. I really liked, um, I mean, I was such a like romantic. So Romeo and Juliet was like, obviously as a young kid, the movie that accompanied it with Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course, (laughs) Baz I'm thinking era wise, that would have been, that would have been very current. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, the, the, this will make you laugh, I hope. Um, or, or just maybe just make you realize what, what, a, what a strange world it is we live in. Every time we teach that, we always show the Baz Luhrmann version because we know that as an adaptation, it is very, very good. And some of the characterizations excellent and all of this, even to this day, given how old 
the man is in comparison to them, 15, 16 year old girls still wilt every time they see Leo in his with his curtains and his and his and his, his his bright blue eyes. They're still like, oh my god, he's so dreamy. I'm like, you, you do. <laughs> I but that was peak Leonardo. <laughs> it was like that's Leo. peak Leonardo. So like it makes sense. I'm sure if they saw his like kind of weathered dad bod <laughs> now, maybe they wouldn't feel the same. But that was peak Leonardo and yeah. Claire Danes. I mean, come on, that was just like that was every. That was my teenage like dream, you know, the my so-called life uh, Claire Danes era mixed with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't read as much poetry anymore. I'm more of a nonfiction like memoir Hmm. reader. So it's hard for me to remember or, or yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not as up to date on reading poetry Maybe I need to go back to reading poetry because I haven't done it in a while and I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I I never actually know what what Americans study in poetry terms. I imagine you do Whitman. Um, mm. I would probably imagine that you mm-hmm. do Billy Collins, although he's a bit more modern. Um, I guess you do you study any of the old English stuff? Oh, God. I mean, poetry wasn't like the, I, I feel like in English, what we were learned, we did some poetry, but we were also learning prose and like we were learning essay writing and, you know, things like that. So it wasn't, I never took like a full poetry class and I, yeah, I just, I'm, I, it's hard for me to remember like specifically who, again, names like really go out of my, I remember the feeling, I remember like loving the um, discussion and the debate around what it meant. I loved having the conversation again, like no surprise that I ended up in podcasting. Cause I like discussion, you know, but I don't remember the author or even the, sometimes the, the, what was in it, you know, I just mm. remembered enjoying the experience. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it makes total sense. And yeah. it's always the same whenever we whenever we teach Shakespeare or we teach poetry or we teach novels or plays or whatever they might be, we have to remind students a lot of this wasn't written for us to be sat here studying it. The fact that we do is a token of how good it is, that we probably need to study it to get the most out of it. I do love that poem by Billy Collins that talks about the idea of, I think it's called Introduction to Poetry, and it's this idea of you know I want them to I think it says I want them to to look at the light glinting off the poem as they as they jet ski over it, but instead mm. they tie it to a chair and begin beating it with a hose to find out what it really means. Well, I think that's wonderful because it's this this contrast between what we're made to do and what we'd rather do. You know, I always tell mm. the kids I, I was like, look, we shouldn't be analysing Shakespeare. We should be watching it. We should be enjoying it. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. It's in your <laughs> exam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast it's been a real pleasure talking to you about your school days and i really hope that you've enjoyed it as much as i have i have thank you so so much one thing i like to do at the end is just say if people want to find you and 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 hear anything more about your life um where can they sort of find your content especially all the podcasting stuff or anything with your artwork yeah so the easiest way is just to go to sashahuff.com And that has um, some freebies if you're looking into podcasting. I've got some great things there. And it connects to my Instagram, which is also at Sasha Huff. And those are really the primary places um, that I spend time on the internet. So that's the best way to get in touch. Excellent. Thank you very much. If you wish to support the pod, you can find me on Twitter at SchooliesPod. 
or just search right in the schoolies. And that's the same for Instagram, right in the schoolies, under the name Mr. James. Your homework is, of course, as ever, to give me some lovely reviews and some nice feedback. If you know of anybody who you think would want to be on our pod, be they well-known or lesser well-known, but you think that they have some good stories to tell, then get in touch on my social media. Class dismissed.